Welcome to The Craft. I'm your host, Mae Globus. This podcast is a collection of intimate conversations on artistry, mastery, and life with talented, passionately curious creatives and entrepreneurs. Most are dear friends, some are those I've admired from afar. I hope you enjoy these conversations, this exploration of the humanity that connects all of us as much as I do having them. Thank you for being here and for listening. The ever-effervescent Bridget Reichert is a ball of walking human light. The longtime sales rep for Vans is many things. An athlete, yoga teacher, breathwork practitioner, sales and marketer, co-founder of women's retreat, The Drawout, and co-owner of the quaint and cozy Shoreline Tofino. She grew up in Saskatoon, despite her very natural West Coast leanings. A water baby, she swam competitively for many years before discovering snowboarding, which quickly became her primary sports love. Bridget went into kinesiology after high school before shifting into finance, then finally marketing. A dream job at Burton got her slowly moving west, first to Calgary, then to Vancouver. It was after a year of being in the city that she joined Vans and has been there ever since. In this conversation, we explore growing up as a competitive swimmer, her longtime career in action sports and her community there, how she found her way to yoga and breathwork, and how they're essential to her being, the way the Shoreline Tofino came to be for her and her business partners, what embodiment and self-honoring mean to her personal journey, and much more. Please enjoy this conversation with the delightful, powerful, and instantly lovable Bridget Reichert. Bridget Reichert. Welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the craft. I took a little pause there going, did I say her last name right? No, it was perfect. Okay. I was like, do I say welcome now or yeah. do you say welcome now? <laughs> You're perfect. Okay. <laughs> Very excited oh, to be here. I'm so, so happy you're here. I feel like in the last you know, two months, you and I have been in constant communication, if yeah. not in person, just because of the retreats, which we can get into a yeah. little later, but we'll put a pin in that. It has been uh, it has been really nice reconnecting with you, and just so excited for the the um, area that you're further exploring with sound. And this podcast is so amazing, so I'm very honored to be here. Ah, I'm so happy you're here. Um, I was thinking about how we connected earlier today, and I think it was through our mutual friend Dixon Lee. Absolutely. Years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. Years ago, He's a connector. Yeah, he is a connector because then when I thought of that, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then in 2015, a group of us took a trip. Yes. New Year's, New Year's Eve. A very unsnowy, unsnowy season, I'll (laughs) add. My first season on the West Coast, I was like, "Mm, I don't think it snows here as much as everyone says. (laughs) It was very dry, but we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. It was Baker. New Year's 2015 going into 2016. Mm-hmm. Great time. Mm-hmm. It was really, really awesome. Yeah. Well, tell me, tell me about childhood. You grew up in Saskatoon. Yeah, I am. Um, I am often pegged as a total West Coaster, and I just love like popping that um, and being like, actually, I grew up in Saskatchewan. Um, the middle of Canada. Have you heard of this place? Um, <laughs> Good old prairie girl. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of shocking through all that my travels and where I've kind of like come from and and shocking people with like the middle of Canada um, and just what it was like growing up there. Like, kid you not, it is not just a story. It is minus 30 to 50 throughout winter. 
you know, growing up and considering um, your snowsuit uh, for Halloween costumes and, mm -hmm. you know, wearing your long johns under your jeans. That was very much a thing. Um, but it was a great place to grow up. I, you know, my my family was very avid mountain people. Um, you know, they obviously raised us in Saskatchewan because that's where family was. And it was like a really good place to like be grounded and like be stable. But every year we went to Fernie or Banff um, and, you know, had a good long week in the mountains and they were skiers and, you know, got the whole ski life. And I wasn't really into the ski life. I was more into like cartoons um, <laughs> and like the hot tub that came with like family ski trips um, until I started snowboarding. And then it just became this like other side of mountain life that I really um, was drawn to. And then summers in Saskatchewan are amazing. So mm. um, lots of lake life. Uh, grew up like ever since I was like a baby. I was on a sailboat. My parents started sailing. Um, not that they knew what they were doing, but they wanted to do something together. My dad was really passionate about it. So that started like a lifelong um, journey sailing with him and yeah. um, and you're a water baby and I'm a water baby mm -hmm. yeah so sailing mm -hmm. swimming every summer was just like lakes and you know and then I got to experience the ocean and I was like whoa mm -hmm. you know I think my first trip out to Tofino and like got to go to Hawaii and try surfing and then it was just like Okay, Saskatchewan is no longer my spot. Yes, but you're like, I need to be by this body of water. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. it, it definitely was like this pull that I couldn't ignore. Um, but super, super grateful for where I was um, raised and my family and my closest friends that are still in Saskatchewan. Like, the people there are phenomenal. I love going back. I was just back this weekend for one of my best friend's weddings. And it is an amazing place um, to be rooted and and have mm. that foundation. Mm. But the West was always calling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And here you are. Mm -hmm. Tell me about mom and dad. Um, my parents are amazing. <laughs> my <laughs> parents, I'm really, really fortunate. Um, not without the, you know, um, growing up, you always have the like ups and downs, but they have been the most stable foundation. They are stable in themselves and their partnership. And it's been so amazing to to watch them as we've aged and they stayed in Saskatchewan and they have since also we all have this like west coast water bug and they've moved over onto Vancouver Island and no way. they've bought a sailboat in their retirement so they're very much like parent goals on how to like age and um you know raise a family really gracefully mm. and you know my my mom and dad have been constant supporters of like any dream I have they're just like oh, you're probably going to do that. <laughs> okay, so let's prepare on how we can support you and, um, you know, in their energy and their and their love. And yeah, they're amazing people. Mm, I love what you said about they're stable within themselves. Yes. Each yeah. and then stable together. Yeah, which totally. Which now know like the way that I know you, I'm like, oh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. My dad, um, he like he has this thing, you know, I always asked. I, I said in my younger years, I was like, if I can't um, move my body, I I want to just be it to be done. And my dad said to me and I was like, you know, in my teenage years. And he said, I'd be just fine as long as I can stare at the water. I'll be OK. Mm. And that is just like he has so much wisdom. I'm like, oof, OK. <laughs> Be more like dad. Yes. Um, so yeah, yeah they're so zen. Very zen. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Without even knowing it, you know, very mm -hmm. zen. I love that. 
And you, what were you like? Um, growing up, mm-hmm. very adventurous. Um, I really didn't like the word no. I um, always was like, you know, having a time with my friends. I wanted, you know, always like friends were, you know, t- I was always the one talking and my sister was three years older than me. And, you know, we'd share teachers and they were like, Tara was an angel. And then like this one <laughs> is definitely like higher energy. Um, so I would say that we complimented each other growing up, but that also came with like a bit of a push and pull. I would say, but mm-hmm. I was always a dreamer. Um, like at, at a young age, I had this book called a happy book that I would take all the photos of, you know, things that I loved, like ocean and surfers and like, you know, the Roxy girl and all this stuff and put this in this book called the happy book. And I was like a very wise, wise young child. I like was looking back at it a few years ago and it's like, I wrote this very profound statement in it, and I was probably like 10. I wrote, it takes both rain and um, rain and sun to make a rainbow. <laughs> and it's just like I laugh mm. at that that person, but I still feel that that child in me. I'm just like kind of an internal optimist. Um, and yeah, it's just Mm, it's you very had, true. You had your little vision book. Yeah, I had a vision yeah. book without even knowing. Without even knowing what that book. was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Wow. That's that's really like there's some foresight there for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were a competitive swimmer too. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was the um, thing. My my parents put me in swimming like at a young age. Obviously, like love of the water. They're like she's gonna love this. Um, I remember hating it. Like at first, just being dragged down. You know dragged basically into the pool thank you mom I still remember those moments um and with a little bit of force I ended up just like really loving it I peaked at a pretty young age um I think I was like 12 when I was like racing with like much older people and it just kind of continued on and I don't if you know anything about competitive swimming it's it's not a like part-time gig it is all-encompassing it is every single morning 5 30 to 7 30 in the morning you go to school all day then you have another class another practice 4 30 to 6 30 um, and then you have Saturday morning practice and Sunday you get off so that was a lot mm-hmm. um, and I was all for it for so many years um, and then when I got into grade 12 I just like really loved snowboarding and I got into like my friends and like got into just Knowing that I didn't want to base my, you know, next steps of my life on swimming and all my friends were getting swim scholarships and I was like, I'm good. I Mm. think that I'm not going to go there. And so just that was my like turning point to just explore other things. But it was a pretty young transition to like go from an identity of an athlete and then change to just like who am I yeah, <laughs> you know absolutely at a young age mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah and I'm, I'm sure like that's something that your friends that were swimmers had to contend with totally later on totally right because yeah. there there is like a probably a peak yeah at which you can be a swimmer oh, and then but what else is there if and that then was what all else? your your yeah. life and I think there's yeah. so many people deal with that in in so many different ways whether it's like being an athlete or or you know being a mother like being a partner and like you just like you know you go through those those steps and that learning so it was always nice to to like okay like that's your identity like what is your truth like you know so I feel like I've been coming back to that like for a long time Mm. I'm so curious just something that you 
said, something that you said about what you said to your father about mm-hmm. if I can't move, then just that's that's it yeah. for me. I'm sort of looking back at like how active you were as a child, but also looking forward to like you going into kinesiology after high school. Like there is this kinetic totally. energy about you. I'm curious to know why you felt that way. If you couldn't move like that was it. Because I've just always had this like energy like that is um, – you know, uncompromised to like be in movement and like that place of embodiment. Like I'm very embodied um, and I'm like that is that is like kind of how I make sense of the world is like through movement and like this physical body. Mm. So, you know, fast forward to where I am now and through like all my, you know, yoga and meditation and breath work and all the things like I definitely have a different um, statement on that, but I still I still am, you know, at at my core still just like, you know, the movement of the physical body is like how I do experience life through, you know, flow with surfing and like through movement on my mat and, you know, snowboarding. So some of my most favorite and treasured moments of presence are definitely when I'm like moving my body. Mm, that's so interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. So like. Yes, I, I'd love to think that I have this like Zen approach on like, I'd be fine if I also was just staring at the water. <laughs> um, I would still just like have a, 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 a drive to be moving and being in flow with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your peace comes with flow. Almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Hmm. So then um, after high school. Yeah. Kinesiology. You thought you were yeah. going to do that. Yeah, for sure. I was a, I was a, exposed to very few jobs. So my mom is a nurse and my dad's an engineer. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to do that. Um, so the only other job I was like really exposed to was a you know, physiotherapist because they were like looking after my body. And I was like, for sure, I'm going to do that. So first, you know, first semester, I'm like, I'm going to do kinesiology. Great. Perfect. Um, at the same time, I had got a job at a very cool snowboard shop in um, Saskatoon, <laughs> um, Out of Bounds and Momentum, and it was it was amazing. It was just this culture where I just was like, this is my fit. Like, this mm-hmm. is it for me. Um, I became very disengaged with learning about, you know, the body and all these things, which I had already learned so much of that through, like, my um, athletic experience that I was, like, kind of bored so I took um, I took the next semester off, and my boss at the time gave me a little bit of a break to go on a, a snowboard trip. So I went with a girlfriend. We drove like Montana, Wyoming, um, Utah, Northern California, all the way up the coast to Whistler. And then I was like, oh, I think I'll stay in uh, Whistler. You know, I have friends there, and I lasted five nights. Um, it was. It was not my scene. There was mm-hmm. it was too much partying and it just like I was in staff calm, mind you. So <laughs> it wasn't like the experience that I have now. Um, but then I came back to uh, Saskatoon. I stayed working at the shop and I decided um, on that trip that I would go into business because I really w- wanted to not like work as a lifty, but I'd like to work in the snowboard industry. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it kind of came full circle back to that. Yeah. Yeah. And actually all of your schooling, like business, like finance first, and yeah. then your shift into marketing, it yeah. all helps everything that you're doing now which will totally dive into all the various things that you're doing but all like those are so foundational it's super interesting because you feel this like it's just so you know I compare it in in yoga it's like you find your like boundary like move as far as you can then you kind of find it back and you come back to your center and like that's been seriously like my life like I'm like I'm gonna try finance I have good grades like 
I felt pressure to go into it. And then I just was sitting in finance and I'm like, absolutely not. Mm. This is so not my thing. Um, and I went to like the counselor and they're like, are you sure you want to go into marketing? Like they kind of downplayed and I was like, absolutely went into marketing. Most favorite, like excelled. Like I just loved it. It was so my spot and like coming back to that, like truth. And that was you know, it's just so interesting how it all comes full circle. Yeah. And, you know, I really I really love that because it's like, how how do you know what you like unless you take that uncomfortable step? Sometimes totally. it's, the, it's an uncomfortable step. Yeah, totally. But yeah, that's what you have to do to know like, hey, no, actually, yeah. there's something else for me. Yeah. And I that's actually how I like make made so many of my decisions growing up is just like how they feel. Um, I, I don't often get like stuck in like, if, if I do get stuck in something, it's because I'm like stuck in my head and that's not how I should be making the decision. It's like more like what, where does it land in my body and like going back to like that embodiment of like, does this feel right? And that's like not just something people say. That's actually like how I make decisions. Yeah, yeah. Where does it land in your body for you? It's like just those... like in my chest, in my mm. gut. Like it's just like a, it's literally my center point of truth. Mm. Mm hmm. And I know when I'm stuck in my head because I'm just like fighting it. I'll fight it. <laughs> it's like your yes. ego just like ties up the decision. You're just like not really making it from a place of clarity. Yeah. Yeah. It's that battle between like the cerebral, like yes. just the heady decisions and then the the body intuitive yeah. decisions. Yes. And so many people often make it from, you know, the yeah, top of, totally top our of society. the head. Ego, yeah. yeah. And a lot of it a lot of them are made up there. Like for yeah. sure, you you make some decisions up there, but the really big ones when it's like partnership, like moving across the country, big decisions in career, I always, you have to, like for, for my, how I make decisions, everyone's different, mm. but that's where I like them to land. Yeah, no, I resonate with you on just sometimes you feel it and, mm -hmm. and you know, like, you mm -hmm. know, you know, like it's, it's that thing I need to do or, it's time to end that thing, yes. you know, whatever it is, a, a job, relation, you just, yes. you know, but you, you can't really know that unless you've practiced being more embodied. Yes, totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. You have to like, and you can start with like slow decisions and then, you know, maybe take the big ones, you know, it could be like little ones first and then the big ones come after, yeah. but baby yeah. steps. Yeah, baby totally. Steps. Totally. Yeah. Okay. And so let's go back. So okay schooling mm -hmm. and then you got a job with Burton which was yeah. you wanted a yeah. job with Burton and it happened totally I did I, I did a project and I actually really enjoyed um, just thinking about this um, because it's so um, I mean it doesn't surprise me at this point in my life but back then I was like I did this project on like working for Burton and that was like I presented in university you know you do all these like projects of like basically what you'd like your life to be and it was that and um I always like I kept working at the shop so I was like connected to the industry and I remember just like always messaging you know his name's Aaron Corgan he was the principal rep I was just like um are you guys hiring this year like are you hiring next year and you know then he came to visit I think in uh the, my last year of school and I just made sure it was very clear that he knew that I was graduating soon and then um, I think when, right when I kind of was uh, graduated, my boss at the time, you know, he gave me a call and he's like, they're hiring and you should go after it. And so I immediately called Aaron and, you know, I think he put me, well, I don't think, I know he put me off for um, 
I think like a, it felt like years, but it was probably <laughs> just like a few days um, because the job was in Edmonton at that time. And I think that he maybe didn't think I would move, but I was like very clear. I finally got a hold of him. The the job interview was in Edmonton. Um, my dad and I drove out. Uh, he's like, could you be there on Thursday? It was probably like a Monday. I'm like, absolutely, we <laughs> will be there. And uh, my dad and myself drove out. And yeah, after sitting down with him, I just like knew. I was mm -hmm. like, I don't want to move to Edmonton, but like I will for this job. Like it's my dream job. And then by the time he got back to me, um, he had decided that it should be in Calgary. And I was like, oh, my God, yes. Like my best friend's moving to Calgary. And so we all moved um, to Calgary ah. and started that that stage. Serendipity. Yeah, it yeah. was awesome. Eight years of your life in Calgary. Yes, eight years of my life. Yeah. That Those were literally some of my most um, fond moments of working in this industry because I was just like eager and young and like Aaron was just such an amazing mentor and we had this amazing team like our office was so fun and we just were like all in the trenches together yes. you know we were just like working for burden and like snowboard industry was going off and it was so fun the industry was so fun yes. back then oh yes, yes. I it remember. was just like mm -hmm. it was it was um you know that Jake uh, Burden's documentary came out, Dear Rider, um, mm -hmm. a few weeks ago. And it just hit home on so much. Like, it is just such a special family we created. And it held me there. I never felt like Calgary was, like, my final spot. But I was in a long-term relationship. And I had this amazing job and these great people. So I was like, this is a good life, you know? Mm -hmm. It doesn't check all my boxes, um, but it's a good life. Mm. And yeah. it got better. Because the West yeah. continued to call. It got it got better. Yeah, there was definitely like ups and downs in in Calgary. You know, there mm. was um, my uh, 10 year relationship ended and there was a moment where I just wanted to like run away to um, Vancouver right away. And, you know, then I was like, no, don't move yet. You know, the right opportunity will come you know, get centered in yourself first. And that's probably when I like really, really dove into yoga and like personal development and like looking hard at like just heartbreak and, you know, just evaluating yourself and getting back on your feet. And that was such a like big, important part of that. So I stayed in, in Calgary one more additional year. And then during that time of like recentering, I... Um, there was an opportunity that came up with Erden to move to Vancouver. And mm -hmm. I was like, that's the one. That's the right one. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, go after that. And yeah, Aaron helped me kind of slide into that position. And I moved, yeah, in the summer of 2014. 2014, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, haven't really looked back, except for I still own a condo there that I would really like to <laughs> finally sell. Um, yeah, but. Yeah. Yeah, my Calgary slow. Calgary mm -hmm. um, chapter of my life has closed. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I I'm thinking right now about how you took that year to recenter mm -hmm. instead of, as you said, like running to Vancouver. Yes, and yeah, I just find that really courageous. Just because when big things happen, so many people often are like, "I'm just gonna run away from whatever that is," and they yeah. don't quite center themselves in it yeah. first. But, I really um, wanted to run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you, you yeah. like held on and stayed and recentered, mm -hmm. and I guess that comes with. You were saying actually pre-recording about that clarity, like yeah, 
you get that clarity and then you can make those decisions. Totally. Yeah. That are best for you. Totally. And I knew I knew I wasn't acting from a clear space with that initial like that is a reaction. You know, that is a reaction of like if I just close this life here, I can start a new one. And that's not like reality like we all know now, <laughs> but mm-hmm. there's those moments. So, um, yeah, looking back, I'm pretty proud to like stay on my own two feet um, for that additional year. And it all panned out. So it's like that just that taking a little bit more depth in your in your position and in yourself um, and then the right things will unfold. Mm. Yeah. And it's almost like you needed to do that in order to be ready for. Yeah, this totally this, this next chapter fully. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. And then the next chapter ended up being with bands after another yes. year. Yes. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I moved with Burden to uh, Vancouver and, you know, had a really great kickoff, like new team, everything. And then once I had landed in Vancouver, I was um, cold called from um, Jay Good, who is also like a friend of the industry. But I had never met him. And he um, mentioned these you know, of what was going on in, in Vancouver and with Mm -hmm. bands and if I ever would consider working for them and essentially like this is the job on the table. And my coworker, my now coworker, Stefan had kind of like vetted me and a few other dealers um, and my account. So thank you for doing that. (laughs) Um, But it was just the timing was so wrong. Like I literally had just landed on like building this team and like new people and all this, all this great stuff with burden. And I just was like, I thank you so much for the opportunity, but I'm going to have to like say no if there's something other in the future. Like, how about then? And and so just kind of left it at that and felt really good about it. Like Burden was very much my family. Like these were my people. I did not want to leave them. Um, And then, you know, a couple months later, Vans came knocking at the door again and was like, well, what if the timing was different? And I was like, well, that is interesting. <laughs> that sounds interesting. And it took a little bit of time to like really feel that out. And I was like, well, how about we meet and, you know, feeling out whether, you know, I like these people or not, like I'm leaving family to go somewhere else. And so it took a, it's like, it was like a courting phase almost, Yeah. Um, which was really interesting. And I felt really good about the way I did it. Cause I ended, I did a full season with burden. I did the full first year with, um, vans or sorry, in Vancouver with burden and like amazing people, great team and all of that. And then had a really nice transition, like end of March, like after the selling season and went over to vans with like, you know, no, no ties and like ended in very good standing and I'm still with Vans and it's been it's been another family experience like very amazing people and um, I've learned a ton working for such a big company Um, so it's just all really beautiful experience kind of layered on top of each other yeah is Jay still in Seoul uh, he just moved to Singapore. Oh, no way. Yeah. Okay. So he had, um, we worked together for quite some time. He was my boss in Canada and then, um, yeah, went overseas. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And doing you're loving, really well. Yeah. That's great. It's good to hear. Mm-hmm. And you love it. You love what you do. Yeah, I do. I love the, I love the people. I mean, sometimes you can definitely this past two years have been, um, challenging. I think it's the hardest time ever to be a rep because, 
I don't love giving bad news all the time. And I feel like it's just been a lot of ups and downs in the in the industry and just like shipping. If it's not one thing, that's the next. But the people in this industry are the foundation. They mm. are so incredible. And that is why we all get out of bed every morning and do the things we do. Um, and also the industry, like the snowboard, skate, surf um, industry is so passionate and it's just like this thread that like weaves between all these really amazing people and like you just get a chance to like work and meet with all of them like right, you know yeah. even us yeah. right here right now you know yeah all woven through that those connections exactly yeah that's that's how we met you yeah. know our, our mutual friend is like totally entrenched in the industry mm -hmm. so um and i've met so many good so many of my good guy friends that way yeah yeah it's through that but um I want to go back to um, your, you were talking about your personal life mm -hmm. and yoga. Mm -hmm. And what kind of yoga do you, you practice? Um, yes. And, and like, what drew you to it? Um, oh, that's a great question. Yeah. So I, I think I was, um, you know, I was just like a trained athlete, like you're very like, go, go, go. And so you get kind of like trained in this way of like, go and then I was like achieving and like all of this like doing you get kind of in this you're missing that that you're missing just the being part and I think I started realizing that I needed like more of the like yin energy less of the yang so like the yang is like the the doing energy um the male energy like definitely um, more on that side and then that like yin is like more of the feminine energy like more of the being like the feeling versus thinking too so I just definitely needed more of that and my sister had introduced me to yoga like years ago and it was at the time where I was like very much into the doing and I was like we're not quite doing enough in this 60 minutes like I just watched the <laughs> clock and I was like hmm but at the end of it, I knew it was something I needed. Like I just had that like this is landing um, and I just stayed really curious. I'm still so infinitely curious on the practice. Like so we started there and then I just started practicing um, when I was in Calgary. Really great um, studio yoga passage that kind of like helped me really get into this um, into this world and like just really like feeling it in my body and like where the poses are landing and like how it's affecting this like subtleness of you and you know, I just kept going and then when I moved to Vancouver the yoga community is like very vast and landed on you know uh, one yoga which is actually originally from Saskatoon and so that studio became kind of like my home studio and I just um you know, got some really great teachers there that kind of led me down different disciplines and different paths. And it just started really, really becoming a foundation of my practice of my like daily personal life is just like, if I could get on my mat, I could always find the like center point. And I would, you know, get back from all these travels. And I would always say like, I just need a moment to put my feet on the floor. Like that's all I needed. And that was just like rolling out my mat, putting my feet on the floor and I could like reset instantly. Like I would be like doing, doing, doing on this trade show and this thing and this thing. And then I would come home or like I started, you know, just integrating it more into my life. So if I had like 15 minutes before like a presentation, I would like get on my mat and then or maybe I would like be just doing a little meditation. And then it started to going into breath work. And I just I just got so curious and 
while I was in Vancouver, um, one of um, someone I was dating at the time just was like, you know, maybe you should do your teacher training. And I was like, don't want to teach. Like, this is very much like my practice. Like, it's a place where I can go inside and like look at like my inner scape versus like external. And it's just like helped with so much like self-actualization and like coming to center. But I was like, well, maybe I should go to the teacher training for myself. Mm. And so I got kind of curious with that and went. And by the time I was at that teacher training I was like this is super potent and this is this has dramatically changed my life and I need to share it and it was so clear and I was like okay um and just like all those serendipitous moments and you know all these little like symbolism and like everything that kind of goes with like helping you guide you or guide myself that's how I'm guided is like everything was really clear that I needed to like keep going with it. So I came back and started like just teaching on like rooftop deck and then started just kind of like dipping my toes and sharing some practices, you know, not being the person that's like yoga is going to change your life, but I'm like, take it or leave it. Like if it doesn't resonate with you, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, just really got into a friend, friends of mine opened the surf and yoga resort in Panama. And it's like, that, you know, we did a retreat there and then we kind of, um, you know, just got stayed really curious with that. And so I since then, that was like a half a sorry to no, I no, went yeah. way off there. That's okay. <laughs> the the lineage I was initially studied in was Hatha. So, mm. um, you know, a really beautiful um, practice of and postures. And and since then, I've done another teacher training with Kundalini, which is um you know, the yoga of like basically awareness. Um, it's a little bit more like less perfect. It's more about like the energetics and the subtleties of um, your body. And um, currently just finishing up a 300 hour with Janet Stone, which is also like a, a just, you know, every single it's like restorative. Um, it's like crazy anatomy, energetics, intuitive movement. Mm. So it's just like lots of um, studies and lots of breath work and pranayama. And it's just in, it's incredible. I'll be a forever student. It's it's been something that is. Yeah, it's just such a potent practice. And I like wholeheartedly like embody and believe in it. Um, and yeah, I could really go down yes. another a track with that. But yeah. it's it's been definitely a foundation that's helped me um, just stay really clear in in myself personally and business in in my mm. in my friendships, relationships, everything. So, yeah, it's, it's a foundation. It's a, it's a ritual for you. right? Yeah. 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 yeah you know, d- during the pandemic, I um, started because we were all at the time when I was working at Rennie, all working from home and um I decided that I would start doing yoga in the mornings, like whether it's five to 20 minutes. And so I bought a good mat, you know, I had a travel one and it was way too thin. And, um, and I do it now. I do it every day, even if it's five minutes and I pull up just like a gentle morning stretch or whatever it is. And, um, I can see the changes in my body and I'm not even doing it crazy intensely, but I can just bend a little bit deeper. Like now I can touch the floor. I couldn't do that before and so it's it's amazing what just taking some of that little space will do for you Mm -hmm. um and the more recent thing that I'm doing on a recommendation from my 
um, traditional Chinese medicine acupuncturist, mm-hmm. is he sent me some videos on Qigong breathing. Love it. Love wow. It. Yeah. You don't even need coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You don't I know. need coffee. I mean, I love coffee, but a I little mean, breath of fire in the a morning. Little, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it's really beautiful, too. Mm-hmm. It's I realized um, the first video that I was doing with some of the movements, especially when you're pulling up like the energy from the lower place, mm-hmm. like from the ground. Mm-hmm. I felt myself like almost like I was holding a rock and like really trying to bring up all of that energy. Yeah. And then I just I had the switch in my head where I thought, oh, I don't have to do it that hard, actually. Mm-hmm. I can just do it gently and yeah. gracefully. And mm-hmm. it felt much better doing it that way. But it's so cool. The layers of um, all of these practices and mm-hmm. just like how they, you know, they start and they start like as in a physical body and then it just becomes like more subtle and then from an energetic flow um, and you can just like really, yeah, you just like watch, you're just watching yourself and those moments of where you take that time to like, you know, five minutes on your mat, it's not the physical pose necessarily, like the pose helps us like find that space in ourselves yeah. Um, of like recentering and you know really yeah. going inwards. So it's your intention of of doing something. To yes. you for yourself. Yes, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, and I I got a chance to see you, you know, do all of these things. I like practice all of these things and and uh, in some retreats that that well a retreat that you founded the draw out with some girlfriends of yours, some yes. dear friends of yours. And thank you for inviting me to come out there and and participate as the sound practitioner. That was and amazing. I just think it was it was such a beautiful experience. Like I I knew that I knew that the women's one was going to be like open and warm and what wonderful women mm-hmm. and that's exactly what it was. Um, and I also felt so much fulfillment from the men's retreat. Yes, because that was really transformative yes those were men that really were brave and signing up in the first place yes never having done anything like this and um being open to all of it the movement the breath work the sound Mm -hmm. the yeah the talk yeah you know the converse the conversation the sharing and vulnerability it was really beautiful to, to see and do you remember on the second day of the men's retreat Mm -hmm. I walked in and you were doing breath work yes and do you remember the moment where I looked at you and you were just like, you were so hot and you were taking things off. And I was just like, I rubbed my chest as in like, I'm feeling this right here from yeah. all of them. And you were like, yeah, yes. like they were letting go and you could feel it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, um, yeah, it's, it's such a, uh, wild, um, retreats are so can be so transformative and, when you're open to um, allowing energy to move in your body and um, just like feeling like you're in a, like, cause basically your body's just trying to keep you safe all the time. Mm-hmm. So you just, you over time develop this like armor or this gripping and it's a subtlety that you don't even notice that you are, are like taking on. Um, it shows up in slumping your shoulders. It shows up in how you hold yourself and you know you have to create this like really safe container for your body to like physically release some of the things that it's been holding and that's emotionally spiritually physically um and retreats create that really safe space to do that Mm -hmm. um and there's a million ways to get there and to a million ways to like allow that um process to happen and 
you know, yoga and is so yoga is so much more than physical practice. But for me, it is, you know, a pillar of like how I show up in in the world in in terms of like that center point um, of like ethics and, you know, what is true and, you know, what is um, honest and kind and all of the things. And it's also like, you know, from a a perspective of, of breathing and um, just sharing your, your best self. It's, it's becoming your best self. Mm-hmm. Um, so just offering that up. And then there's, you know, breath work and sound and all these different modalities that help get you to that same space of like, it's all coming, you're all coming home to who you really mm-hmm. are. And I guess that's what I'm trying to say there. It's just like, there's a million ways to get there. And yoga is one of them. Right. And, yes. you know, sound, your sound yeah. offering was so, so incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, it was really an honor to work alongside you. And I think working with Taylor and Lauren on the drought um, has been, it just all start. it was just so in flow. Like all of these things are, we just, you know, met Lauren and then I was like, oh, we should do this thing. And then, you know, Taylor would be so great at that. And, you know, all lined up on a chairlift one day and we're like, this is a great idea. Like, let's do it. Let's go to Mexico. And then, you know, we're planning the second one. I was like, oh my God, like May will be so great at this. (laughs) And, you know, just like looping that community together and, um, the women that came on it, like some of my best friends were on it. Some people I've never met and just having that connection was so amazing. And Mm -hmm. then, with Chad, a friend also through the industry, like met him through his his son, you know, needing Vans boots. And, you know, then we just are sharing this completely different path of, you know, sp- spirituality and um, this offering that is just some would say it's polarizing to my uh, the other industry. But to me, that's how they are woven together. And that's just all part of me and him. And um, yeah. the men's one was just like a whole different world. And it was, yeah, like you said, it was just transformational and you could feel the the energy um, of being a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, your partner, Brian, was was at the men's one. Yeah. And I'm sure he won't mind me sharing this because I, it's a really beautiful sentiment. But we were just um, he was just chatting. waiting for a name drop. anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> there you go. You got it. <laughs> But uh, him and I were chatting after the final sound journey and, um, you know, he was saying how he, yeah, how transformative the the retreat was for him. And then just very sweetly, he also said that it, um, being at the retreat helped him understand you more. Yeah, that, um, (laughs) I could see that. And it was, it was really cool to, Um, I had some other friends at the retreat and it is really like so sacred to share this like part of me that often is like I don't know how to talk about it all the time or I don't want to feel like I'm pressing like you know you should do yoga like (laughs) no one wants to hear that (laughs) so it just was so beautiful to like offer up um, and just relate it to like how I really feel like I always see so many parallels in like surfing and like being in the water and like being in the mountains of those like true moments of like presence. And that's just like what we practice on our mats. And we practice that in our breath. And we just Mm -hmm. practice being in the moment so deeply and immensely that you are really showing up. Um, And so it was really such an honor to like share that with 
with everyone and and of course have brian like kind of be like okay you're not like he'd be like you're doing yoga again like (laughs) he's like you just did like two hours of yoga and he just thinks i'm in there just like chaturangering you know like (laughs) just like downward dog vinyasa flow it's like no there is so many layers to this practice and you know sometimes i'm just reading and studying and i'm just so infinitely curious um and that's what keeps me in it and accountable and Mm -hmm. yeah Oh no, I, I feel you on on that, especially when you pick up these these modalities, mm-hmm. um, and that's like me with sound. Yeah, it's just I'm just so curious. I'm like, I need to know more about science. I need to know about the frequencies. I yes. need to know how all of this relates to the body. Like I'm I can so just go it. in so many different directions. But yeah, my I just feel like all lit up inside yes. when I think about learning more about it or what there is to uncover and what there is to share with yes. others about it because. When you do and they don't know anything about it and they don't they don't realize how much there is to a certain thing like sound. Yeah. When you begin to explain like this is what it does to your brainwave states. Yes. This is what it does to your your biofield around you. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? Yes. Um, but it's so cool to share that. It's so cool. And it is so cool to take ancient practices, like ancient practices where they literally had nothing to do other than just like study the self mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and taking those practices and bringing them into this this day and age where there's just so much noise and like there's so much society pressure and so much just extra yeah um that it's it's so cool to just come back to like some of that stuff that is like so foundational and apply it in this day and age and and bring science into it like Mm -hmm. you know it's really it's really amazing yeah it was it it was so cool yes well hopefully there will be more there will be collaborations there will be more there will be more collaborations for sure and it was so cool because we actually also did um the retreats were at the shoreline tofino yeah which is another thing that you do your co-founder co-owner yeah 2017 yes your baby came to to life if on this I just like light up my I'm just like <laughs> you totally smiling did. a little like brighter. I mean you stood all up, of this, you sat up this, straighter. All this is really um really so fun to talk about because I'm just like love so much of it. But Shoreline has just been such a special thing. Um, you know, with all my travels from Vans and Burden, I just I I love to travel and I think, you know, growing up in Saskatchewan, I just like love to like go and experience something. And every time I went away, I would just like feel different or like get a new perspective or like new eyes. And I love that. And I loved how like hotels, you know, we went to West Ed as a, as a kid and like they had the theme rooms and it would just like, it was the most fun trip of my life. Like we'd go into the theme room. And I think even from that age, I was like, this is it. And I remember my mom taking me to a few hotels and I was like, and this hotel has robes. <laughs> and I'd be like, just so into it. Um, Cause it was so incredibly special and it just makes you see something differently and taking you away from your home and um, into something that a new experience. And so I was really, really inspired by, you know, travel and all these different types of hotels. Um, Specifically, I was very into like Kimpton hotels, if you've ever stayed in Kimpton Mm -hmm. hotels. Um, So we would stay at Shore Break and Huntington Beach. And then I did a trip up to um, Santa Barbara and there's a hotel called The Goodland. And I was just like, this is so cool. Like, mm. it's just so cool. The bar, like the tile, the in-room, everything was amazing. Um, and I was like, I just want to do this so bad. I want to create this. And this is probably in 2015. 
And I just kind of like played around with that idea. And it was like, oh, Tofino. Like Tofino is like one of my favorite places. Like so, so special to me. Like they need something cool like this. Like I've never stayed in a cool spot in Tofino. And so I just kind of like kept kept with that dream. And, um, you know, a, uh, someone through the industry, like one of the shop owners um, was also a realtor, Jen Heckert. And I just like put the bug in her ear. I was like, if there's any uh, ever any um, hotels that are like being sold, let me know. Not that I had any idea what <laughs> I was doing or any funds to like make this happen. But in uh, 2017, in January, she like hit me up. She's like, Oh, I think that you might like this. And it was early January. And I was like, Okay, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come out. Oh, actually, prior to this, a friend of mine kind of like pushed me. Um, she pushed me to like put together an idea of this idea and like put together a pitch deck. And I had gotten pretty good at like putting these pitch decks together. It's pretty much my happy book from when I was like a kid. Um, but put together this like dream board of the shoreline. And I like, you know, talked to my old boss, like my very first boss from Out of Bounds. His name's Kent Code. He's amazing. I was like, we should do this. Like we should always work together again. Like it would be so fun. Um, and he's like, yeah, cool. Like, like see if there's an opportunity. And so then in January, I went and drove across to Tofino with my parents and checked out this place. It was called the Tofino Inlet Cottages. And it was right on the crab dock, and there were A-frame cabins. And I was like, wow, this is so great. My dad's a structural engineer, so he's like, this is built really good. And, you know, I still want that stamp of approval from my dad. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. Um, so we just, like, entertained it started talking about it further with Kent and just like didn't align with him. And so I was just t telling my friend, like my very best friend Les about it and her and her husband are into real estate. They got married in Tofino and they were like, Oh, like if you're, if you're going to do this, like we'll do it with you. Like, I'm like, perfect, perfect. perfect. This is awesome. So they, they kind of got on board with that and they came out and we looked at a few different properties and looked at that again. And this is, you know, in May or June. And we, we loved the, the A-frames. Like we still wanted the A-frames. And, um, then I started like making a, a business plan in my little finance, uh, my finance snippet came in handy. I did a financial plan, a cash flow, and I went and like talked to banks and they're just like, no, mm. <laughs> like you do not have enough money, all the things. And so learn quickly like what um, is required for commercial different than residential. Um, so just like learning by doing. And I said to Jen Heckard, I'm like, well, you know, why don't why don't you just kind of work with us on this and she's like I I can't but I know who can and she introduced me to Jen Thorpe um which she's a lovely human I loved her right off the bat and um she came on with another partner and we just started working together and like serendipitously we all kind of like aligned on different roles and responsibilities like I really wanted to do marketing Jen wanted to do creative and um you know, uh, Jess and Les were super good with like the finance and like the banking side. And we had another partner that we've since bought out um, who did the other things. And so we've just like learned so much. Um, and so in 2017, we finally got it cleared. We bought um, Tofino Inlet Cottages. We rebranded to the shoreline. Um, and then we just invited everyone to kind of watch us as we continue to evolve the space. Mm -hmm. So we we highlighted um, bedding, bedding, beds, towels, coffee. 
I'm like, that's we just need nice beds. We need it to be clean. We need good coffee. We want to create this experience. And we started there and then we just made it. We just are continuing like we're still just like so excited. We're just getting a new hot tub. It's so exciting. A Forest Cooperage hot tub is very exciting. So we're just, you know, as we like, you know, uh, do well, we just put the money back into the hotel at this time and just really are creating this like beautiful space and a really amazing and it's so great because um, I could just go on and on and on about how how lovely it is. But it's so nice to because it's on the inlet side and it has a whole different energy. So the energy of being on the inlet is um, a, a calmer energy. It it's like calmer. really, really like a big exhale. Whereas when you're on the ocean side, like the storm side, um, the the waves and the water it just holds a different um, energetic. So it's like a beautiful space to like really come back to home and relax. I second that. It is very, very peaceful there. Yeah. Yeah. And just and cozy, too. Yeah. yeah it, feel, it feels like you're in someone's family cabin and they, I love they've that. invited you I love and that. you're just having the greatest most cozy time yeah I love that yeah. and that's kind of what we went for we just wanted that like surf shack vibe um like kind of California cool but Pacific Northwest and mm-hmm. we just like continue to just have fun with that and um I just like love my partners and um I guess I I really like working in partnership so yeah it's been really nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're definitely a, a collaborative soul for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just have a couple more questions. Okay. And actually, just something you said again about the shoreline and, and coming back home. Um, yeah, the idea of coming home and self-honoring has been something that I've really been intentionally, it's like, really resonating with me and I've been really intentional about making sure that I self-honor mm-hmm. for the last, I don't know, year, two years. So good. Yeah, it's so, so good. And I'm just curious to know, what does honoring yourself mean to you and what does that look like when you do it? Ooh, that's such a good question. Um, honoring myself um, is staying true to to that to that centering and staying true to my own truth um, that often takes a bit of time to get clear on. And that is why I practice. Mm. Um, So that usually means, you know, if I'm, if I'm running a thousand miles a minute, I will often like come home and just like need to crash, put my feet on the floor, take a moment to, you know, breathe, move, breathe, Um, and try to come back to center and that's really my honoring and it's like I it is um, an uncompromised commitment to self Mm -hmm. and that is how I kind of get back into that Um, because I I am definitely say yes to a lot of things (laughs) and I've been learning how to say no and uh, working on my own energetic boundaries of like you know what when you're kind of empathic you just it's, been, it's a lifelong work to figure out what you, is your feelings and what are other people's feelings. Mm-hmm. And so when I can define that, that's like when I'm being true to me. Mm. That is really beautiful. Mm. Well, my final question. Oh, <laughs> okay. The question I ask everyone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> With what it is you do, mm-hmm. what do you want to leave behind in the world? Ooh, I, I want to... Um, continue to create spaces um both in physical um in physical 
places like Shoreline and, you know, containers such as the Drought and, you know, create that like safe space and also on your mat or however um, to really experience something different and feel something different um, and have an enjoyable experience, you know, Mm -hmm. something out of the mundane and and something really true. So I, I feel that that is what I want to leave behind and leave the impression of, you know, and even that could be as easy as like an interaction with people. I want them to really feel like they're in a a safe space and, um, you know, no judgment and just, we can have a really like fun time, you know, we're in this life to have a really fun time. Yeah. And to be true to ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that too. Yeah. Thank you well, so much yeah, for this honestly, conversation. This is, I, I mean, like I feel we could have gone for hours I know, and hours I'm like, and hours. Could have just gone on and on yeah. and on. And maybe I did. So um, apologies if we went no, over, no. But, okay. I think it was it was great. And okay, I just learned so much more about you. Yeah, this is and so nice. Yeah, so so nice. And I look forward to more conversations like this. You yeah, know? not not even recorded, but yeah offline okay yeah we're definitely gonna do those we're definitely (laughs) gonna do those yeah um thank you so much you have an incredible gift of sound and voice and all of your offering um and it's just it's so incredible to watch and um speaking of you know staying true is Mm -hmm. is yourself and how you've stepped out so like honoring that is so incredible thank you thank you very much for saying that yeah um it feels right like there's exactly there's no other way to explain other than you know, taking this new path just feels right, even mm-hmm. on the harder days. Yeah. I'm just like, no, this is right. Yeah, I love so that. So I'm going to keep on keeping on. Yes, for sure. Yeah, you have a gift. Yeah. You're sharing it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. If you enjoyed that last conversation, be sure to check out more episodes with Craft on Spotify and guest photo galleries on the website at wearethecraft.com. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>